0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Post Lunch. My name is Anthony Jen, and I'm here with the elusive. Elusive.
1: I'm just joking, guys. I'm, I'm here with Kevin Hockenberry. I'm the, I'm like the opposite of elusive. What would that be? <laughs> just elusive. Yeah, yeah. Just like a uh, like um. I'm like a turtle, right?
0: No. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, well, today's episode is our New Year's show.
1: Yes. Lots going on. Lots coming up, baby. I hope you had a great Christmas. Did you? Yeah, I did. I had a good Christmas. I also had a good lunch. Okay. Yeah. Mission barbecue. Okay. As far as barbecue goes, they put the ball in play. That is agreeable. hmm What did you have for lunch today, Anthony? I also had mission barbecue. I, I was with you.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, and you know what? We usually order the same exact thing, but today you got a different side than I yep. did. I get the two meat combo. Yep. I get the jalapeno,
1: jalapeno, jalapeno, jalapeno. Why are you saying it like that? Jalapeno, jalapeno, jalapeno. It is jalapeno. It's jalapeno. But you you pronounced it like I you am... were like jalapeno. <laughs> you know how some people say <laughs> literally like they like li- they like pronounce like extra teas. Okay, but you did that with jalapeno.
0: I, I put the emphasis on the ino. Yes. Anyways, I got the jalapeno sausage, mm-hmm. and I got the moist brisket, not the lean brisket. Yeah, I did both of those, and I and I did the xxl combo which makes it two two sides yes and i get the greens and i and i had the uh, cheesy potatoes
1: i think it's hard to go there and not get the greens for many reasons one because they're pretty darn good but two it is like it's healthy right i yeah i mean that's it's got to be debatable is it healthy there's probably a lot of salt in it i mean they're collard greens it is it's
0: green yeah so that's that's cool but um, that's what I got. And that's what you usually get. The only difference this time. Is I went you, mac and
1: cheese instead of cheesy potatoes. And I know
0: why you did that. Why? Because of the meal that we had uh, that we had yesterday that we're having for leftovers for dinner.
1: Yes. Tonight. Yeah. That's exactly why. Right. Well, we got into like a 10 minute macaroni and cheese conversation last night <laughs> about like what makes a good macaroni and cheese. But I feel like we could do an entire podcast on what makes a good macaroni. Well and let's cheese. just go there for a minute. Really? Don't you don't you want to? I, I can always talk about okay, macaroni. Okay, so and we cheese. had
0: last night we cooked a meal for the twenty somethings of our church. Of our church. Which was a really cool thing.
1: Yeah, God has been good to us in our church planting adventure and giving us quite a few people in their twenties. Which is
0: really cool. hmm And so you had this really fun idea. Mm-hmm. Um that you wanted to cook a a nice meal for the 20-something.
1: I just wanted to cook a nice meal for them because 20s is an interesting season of life. I didn't realize this when we moved to the Orlando area, but Orlando's like one of the biggest college towns in the country. Um, There's some big colleges here. I mean, UCF is one of them, obviously. And um, there's a lot of people that live here that are in their 20s that didn't get to go home for the holidays. Mm. Um, or maybe they graduated school, but they're living on their own. Or maybe their parents live somewhere far away. And they rarely get a good meal. Like they're doing chilies and Chick-fil-A and all these places. Right. And so my foodie heart, you know, there's there's six love languages. There used to be five. Yeah, but this is I, an
0: amendment that they...
1: I added yeah. a six, which is just simply food. Mm-hmm. Cooking, whatever, picking places to eat, post-lunch, right? Yeah. And so we invited these people over and we did a pork loin. <laughs> these are these people. Yeah. That's funny. That, that sounded. Um... <laughs> it sounded not nice, but your heart is totally pure in what you just said. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I was so focused on the food for that's yeah. the, I think that's what happened. And so we did pork loin, which is always on sale this time of year. Got it for $1.99 at Publix. Nice fat cap on top. Matter of fact, we had two of them. Yes. We did um, homemade stuffing. Yes. My brother in law's recipe, which is some of the best stuffing there is. Uh, you made the mashed potatoes. hmm. And then we had Ashley, who's newer to our church. She came and she's like, well, she said, hey, I'm not in my 20s, but I'd love to come cook. And uh, so he said, yeah, yeah, come on over. So she made the green beans, which were very good. Yes. Uh, what else do we have? Some bread, uh, some pies.
0: Yeah. And anytime you say, hey, Anthony, I have a great idea. I'm always all ears. Let's do it. And you said, do you want to cook for the 20 somethings? I
1: I didn't even hesitate. Yeah. I didn't even have to look at my calendar. So I think the dinner came out very nice and they seemed to all enjoy it. Yes. Um... But there are tons of leftovers. Which we're having tonight.
0: Yes. Okay, but the reason why we started talking about all of this was that Ashley, our new friend... Oh, yeah. I started... We started asking her some questions. We wanted to see what level. Yeah. It was kind of an audition. An assessment. An assessment. An audition is not the right word. It was an assessment. And not a mean assessment. No. We just wanted to see where she was at. Right. And she is there. She can dangle. She can dangle.
1: So she uh, said when she does her macaroni and cheese, she, um... Uh, Cooks her noodles, her pasta in chicken stock. As soon as she said that, I was all ears. Yeah, I've actually heard that before from someone else. The next thing that made me all ears even more
0: was that she says she doesn't use a roux to start her sauce.
1: Right. What she says, sauce. but she did say her family gives her a hard time about that. Right. Yeah.
0: But then she went on to say how she finishes it, and maybe that's when we can talk un- in another episode. But yeah, she definitely got me excited to make that version of mac and cheese. Um, and i'm I'm looking forward to that my middle daughter her birthday's coming up okay January 7th and we're gonna have a bunch of kids over and kids love mac and cheese so I think, mac and cheese. I think I'm going to I'm gonna circle back with Ashley and make but, sure I don't mess anything up yeah
1: I will warn you kids don't always love good macaroni and cheese
0: right but so. they do like mac and cheese for the most I'm, we're not we're not gonna do fancy cheeses I'm not gonna throw something in there that's gonna make them okay. feel like oh right. my God
1: what is that right 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 um. Well, one of the things I appreciate about Mission Barbecue where we went today is um, they don't do the spin around. You know, when you go to when you go to check out and ask if you want to add like twenty percent tip to the bill. Okay. You know, like this whole like tipping things become a big deal um, everywhere you go now. People want to like you know asking you to tip. You know, <laughs> and it's just like you're making my food for me, which is what I'm paying for, right? And then you're putting on a platter, and then you call my name. I come get my food. I fill my own cup up. Why would I tip? for that right Right. now i'm a generous person at least i like to think i am but the whole tipping thing's gotten crazy bro the other day i was um i was walking down the street walking towards your house i got jumped and mugged before the guy (laughs) left he pulled an ipad out (laughs) and he asked would you you know rate my service and and he wanted 20 percent tip for that mugging of me
0: and you gave him 15 right
1: i gave him a dollar Okay. So, that's a jest. All of that is not true. That was a okay. joke. But um, at the place you don't like, the world's most average lunch, Tijuana Flats. Yes. So, they used to do a deal where they asked for a tip, and it was either like $1, $3, $5, like you chose. Okay. Um, and they bring their, the food to you. That's about all they do. And sometimes they'll pick up your trash. So, they're doing a little something there. So, I don't mind a little tip for that. Um but they recently changed from one, three, and five to fifteen percent, twenty percent, and I think it's twenty-five percent. Unbelievable! So now the baseline tip for for my lunch is usually about three dollars and fourteen cents or something. So there's another option, which is other, and I go right back and I push one dollar. I always gave a dollar,
0: which I think is nice. That's really kind. I do, I give zero.
1: I know you do. At a place like that. Yeah. Anyway. So that's, you know...
0: Do you, all... do you think that this tipping culture is attached to a bigger issue?
1: Yeah, it's just the whole inflation thing, right? Everybody's trying to squeeze more money out of people and... Oh, I, okay. I I went a different route. Okay. I think it's an
0: entitlement culture.
1: Yeah. I don't want to get into that today. Can we skip that or you we, want to talk about it? I
0: mean, I just... I feel like that's where it's coming from. I, I, I feel like... Um, the whole idea of a tip is to ensure proper service, right? So based on well, your per- reward, yeah, reward yeah. it, right? So based on your performance, based on how you, attentive you were at my table, right? Sure, my water never was never half full, right? Right. However, all that goes at the end, I will give a healthy tip to you, right? But you're not going to tell me this is my starting point.
1: Right. Like there's a store I go to not far from here that I will pick up a couple snacks for my kids. And by snacks I mean like peanut butter crackers and like a little fruit roll up. And I'll pay for that. <laughs> and the young kid behind the counter spins this thing at me and asks me for a tip.
0: He just doesn't know. He hasn't he just doesn't know. He's gotta not know. But don't 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 like don't shouldn't he be trained? Yeah, maybe I'm
1: not adding 15% to making a purchase
0: he's just got to not know that's we just got to chalk it up to that we got to teach him check out my joggers bro i do like these i noticed you were wearing these earlier i, I don't own black joggers these are your dress joggers that's what you'd call these i because um, they're black not gray i
1: woke up this morning and i went to my sweatpant drawer you have that Kind of okay, Um, and I I knew I was coming to the office today, but I knew like it wouldn't be busy. I'm working on my sermon today. Um, Had a phone call about my kid's book, but we won't talk about that in this episode. We'll bring that up another time. Okay, Um, and of course we're doing the podcast, and so but I wanted to just be comfortable today. I don't think I did, but I might have put a few pounds on, you know, over the holidays. So some stretchy around the waist helps, you know. No one can tell. But I I went in my sweatpants drawer and there's a pair of black sweatpants or or whatever uh, joggers there. And I thought it was my Philadelphia Eagle ones. I have the only black joggers I own are are those are Eagles. And I picked it up. I'm like, hey, where'd my Eagles logo go? I'm like, whoa, these drawstrings that are on here are like like 15 feet long. Like, what is this? And um, I love the fact, and you're going to appreciate this. That not one time that I think what man was in my home and left his joggers here. Amen. What a good wife I have. Yes. So I picked up the joggers and I slid them on, realizing at this point, oh, these are probably Stacy's. And um, wait, let's see.
0: Stand up, bro. <laughs> Why well,
1: don't want, I?
0: <laughs> are these Stacy's joggers? Yeah. They no. don't they don't look like they look actually really good on you. I know.
1: You know how you can tell the small pocket. Women always have such small pockets in their pants.
0: So you're wearing women's pants today.
1: I I guess, but
0: No one knew. No. Until you just told us.
1: Yeah. I kinda feel like I kind of felt a little bit like Michael Scott in that one episode where he had the woman's... <laughs> but you could tell by the shoulder pads, yeah, the woman's um, sports coat. Yeah, and the buttons were on the other side. She thought it was a European thing. <laughs> it's a European cut. Uh, that was... Um, didn't he get that from a thrift store too? No, it was on It was on a sale it rack. It was on a sale rack. Bless him. Mm. Thanks for the coffee, by the way. Yes, no yeah. problem. Uh, that's what I keep sipping on here. Um, speaking of like things that are just expensive and all this stuff and inflation... I think the Hockenberries might be done with Chick-fil-A for a while.
0: No, okay. You can't just say a sentence like that <laughs> and 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 then we're not gonna unpack that. You like because it's not you, you can't it's not because of the obvious reasons. That it's too expensive? No, like it's not because you had poor service. No, no, or, no, 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 Or you waited in a drive-thru and witnessed no, the mugging or something. None yeah. of that.
1: No, no. Great service, great food. Uh, I went there with my family the other day and my girls had a couple of these, um, gift cards, you know, to get free, free this, free that, yeah, like a bonus card. And so my bill for, for having three children, myself and my wife, and we didn't go nuts, right? It wasn't everybody get large fries and all this. We still was a, I think, I think we might've threw a milkshake in and maybe a cookie or something. Cause the, the kids had these cards, dude, it was $50 <laughs> now, once they gave the cards, they reduced it down to 32. But my kids aren't doing the kids' meals as much anymore. They're kind of mm. in that age where they're starting to do, like, number ones and all this. Bro, 50, I can't I can't do that anymore. Now, McDonald's right here, they have a 40-piece chicken nugget special with two large fries. $16. Yeah, but you feel like absolute garbage after
0: you eat that. You don't feel that way after Chick-fil-A.
1: Yeah, but when you check your bank account, you feel so much better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a nice news story.
0: Let's hear it. Let's hear what you got. I, the Gens will still be eating at Chick-fil-A for the time being.
1: Well, I'll eat at Chick-fil-A when my kids aren't with me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Um, you don't watch a lot of news, so I'll, I'll I'll give you a little context here. Okay, thank you. There was a very, very significant uh, blizzard up north, specifically in the Buffalo, New York area.
0: I've seen some of this on social media.
1: Um, like, I don't know what the actual death toll is but it was high dude it was like 30s 40s 50s like like they had so much snow come so fast that people were like getting stuck and getting trapped and and like freezing to death bro it's horrible um but i did say this was a nice story so listen to this this is really cool okay alan vivian robinson added more than 100 people to their family in the last few days all thanks to the couple's kindness in the face of a deadly storm the couple Both pastors at Spirit of Truth Urban uh, Ministry in Buffalo, New York, rescued and housed a total of 154 people in the last few days as a historic blizzard pummeled the city, leaving thousands without power, others stranded in their homes or cars, and left Erie County with a death toll of 39. So, 39 people died just in that county listen to this, we just jumped into action and was able to deliver up to 154 people to the church to not freeze to death, Al Robinson told CNN on Thursday. I wish that I could say that for everyone. The rescue efforts began Friday, Robinson said, when a worrisome amount of snow began piling up in the city. Now, it's Buffalo, so a worrisome amount of snow is a lot of snow.
0: Yeah, I saw some pictures on social media, and it was, like,
1: thick. Yeah. Robinson and his wife realized their church was the only building in the vicinity with power. What? Look at the Lord. Bro, this is a good story. I just got
0: the goosebumps. Yeah,
1: he said he began calling neighbors and checking on their well-being and inviting them to stay in his church. Vivian Robinson, which I would assume is his wife, um, then posted a simple Facebook, I'm sorry, message on Facebook, which you didn't see because you're never on Facebook. I'm never on
0: Facebook. Right. So I would have missed it.
1: Right. If you're stuck in the Lovejoy area, our doors to the church are open to you. I could cry right now. Her post also included the church's phone number and address. You would have just put a QR code on there, right? (laughs) Um. From that point, Al Robinson said people who were stranded on a nearby street began trickling into the church. It started with like 10 people, two big families. Then it went to 30. Then it went to 60. Then to 90. Then we were up to 100, 120, 128 was the last time I counted. But it went all the way up to 154. Wow. Which I guess wasn't the last time I counted, so it was 154. We had people sleeping everywhere in our church, but we were the only ones with electricity. Uh, Skip some of that. Skip some of that. Al Robinson also stressed that of the 154 people who took refuge in this church, maybe three members were members of his congregation. Wow. Wow. 158, 155 didn't go to his church. Honestly, it was total strangers. We had Asian people here. We had Hispanic people here. We had Arabic-speaking people here. We had Nigerians here. Robinson said, we just had every possible minority was in our church, and we were all getting together. We celebrated Christmas together. Wow. People began leaving the church, of course, as they thought out. Uh, it's actually wonderful because I have this huge family now. That where we are, you know, trauma bonded through the storm. And it's just, it's just beautiful. These people are so filled with love. It's incredible. Dude, is that not the church being the church? That's a great, a great story. That is a great story. It's a great story.
0: That's a great story.
1: All righty. Christmas recap real quick. What is the best gift you gave this year? And what is the best gift you got this year?
0: Okay, so the best gift I gave, and this is, well, is this subjective? This is based off of my thing. I don't know if the person who received it thought it was the best. Uh, yeah. Right?
1: But it, yeah, I okay. think that's fair.
0: We did a gift exchange as a staff here mm-hmm. at the church, and um, I handcrafted an ornament. You did? And it was a flamingo, because this person really loved, it's her favorite animal was a flamingo mm-hmm. and i'm and i made it all christmased out the flamingo is wearing a, a santa hat and a little scarf and you know how flamingos stand with like their yeah. one leg up yeah it was holding like a little snowball in his in his talons talons do flamingos
1: have talons
0: i think every bird
1: has every talons. bird has t- they don't have hands none no. of them right so or that arms be, that would be talons and that was a very nice ornament that you crafted it was actually an ornament exchange it was yeah So you think that was the best gift?
0: I just, I put a lot of effort into it.
1: Okay. It showed.
0: Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed making it. And it's always fun when you give a gift to someone who's not expecting. Right. They have no idea what to expect.
1: Yeah. They think you just went to Hallmark and grabbed something off the shelf. Yeah. And I
0: didn't. This was her favorite animal or favorite bird? Her favorite animal. And I think her favorite color is also pink. So it's like a double whammy.
1: Do you, um, do you have a favorite animal?
0: I don't think so. No.
1: I like, like a lot of animals. Maybe my
0: dog, Mabel. She's a Boston Terrier. I love her.
1: But that particular animal, not not another yeah. Boston Terrier.
0: I would love another one.
1: Do you think if she spoke she would have a Boston accent?
0: I don't think so. No. I've thought about that. Yeah. I don't even know what her voice would be to be honest with you. Right. She kind of has an underbite, so I don't know if that would like mess up her her speech. But I'll tell you what, she's caring and she's kind. Yeah. A little forward sometimes. Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. She'll come tackle you as best she can. Uh, yeah, if I, had a fa- I don't know if I have a favorite animal. It's probably, it would either be an eagle for obvious reasons. Uh, go birds. Um, I also have a lion tattoo on my arm. I know, um, and most people don't get to see that. No, it's covered up only in the summertime. Uh, yeah, and when I've been at the gym regularly. <laughs> right. <laughs> then I'll wear the tank top. Um, yeah, cool. So, uh, so that was your favorite gift that you gave. What's the best gift, your favorite gift, however you want to word that, that you got?
0: Okay, so this year, my mother-in-law got me a, a pour-over coffee kit. I don't know what you would call it. Each piece was, like, specifically chosen, but had the Chemex, like, six cup, what would you even call that? Like, carafe? Yeah, Yeah, probably. Probably. And a burr grinder and the the gooseneck water boiler. And then I built this little stand for it. I'm I'm just really excited about it. And that's the coffee we're drinking right now.
1: It's the coffee we're drinking right now. And I'm drinking black coffee.
0: Which you don't do. No. And it's, it's flavorful. Yeah. It's full. It's robust.
1: Yeah, it's very good. It would be better with cream. In my I, opinion, I've I never, yeah, I've never been the guy that like, oh, uh, drink black coffee once I started doing it. You know, like I just, I made pork last night. I seasoned it. You know right. What I'm saying? Like I made coffee. I'm going to season you know. it. Yeah. Gotcha. Makes sense in my mind anyway.
0: It's really nice. I, I really enjoy it. Thank you, Nana, for the uh, the coffee.
1: Uh, best gift I gave this year. I don't know. I think, um, Mike, we got all three of my kids hoverboards. That's awesome. And they are flat out like in love with them.
0: Yeah. I saw some social media video. Your kids are already like on level nine riding these things. They're like sitting on them like yeah. cars.
1: So I guess there's a an apparatus or something that you can purchase an attachment. Yeah. That you can drive with them, you yeah. know. Um, but they figured out how to do that without that. <laughs> yeah. They're just balancing on their butts. Yeah. So I think I might have to get those um, attachments. I mean, their birthdays are in April and May. So we'll see. So that was probably the best gift I gave. Best gift I got. My memory is so bad anymore.
0: Um, well, I did get to use one of your gifts that your wife got you yesterday. Oh, she got me a knife. That thing is sick, dude. What kind of knife is that? It's from like, it's one of those Instagram knives, but it's really rustic looking. Yeah. Gigantic blade.
1: It's got a cool sheath.
0: Yeah. It'll cut through anything.
1: Yeah. We cut a fork with it last yeah. night. Yeah. It's a very nice knife. She got me a cool... um Allen Iverson Sixers hat. It's green. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's like Sixers Legacy on it or something. Nice. Um, It's not an everyday rider. It's one of those that like occasionally... It goes with an outfit. Yeah.
0: Is it a flat bill? Of course. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I don't wear anything but snapbacks and flat bills. Okay. I mean, mean, unless I'm, you know, wearing a a beanie or something. Gotcha. um, You had a, uh, uh, a good year last year, I believe, when it comes to keeping and maintaining... Uh, a goal or a resolution for New Year's. Yes. Um, First of all, let me just ask this. Do you think that setting goals and resolutions are important or even something worth doing in in your life? I do. And I do this with um,
0: people that I disciple or mentor. Um, I like to get out a sheet of paper and I like draw a quadrant. So there's four areas to write in. Okay. And we sit down and we write a six month goal, mm-hmm. a one year goal, okay, a five year goal, and a ten year goal. Wow! And I came up on my ten year goal really like a couple couple years ago. Ten years had gone by since I had lasted. I was like, "Whoa, man!" And I wanted to have a family. I wanted to own a house. And okay. I had all these things. I also wanted to give a million dollars to missions. I didn't come close, but I'm trying.
1: I remember when you set this goal.
0: Yeah. It's so a long time ago. It's like
1: 12 years ago. Is that what would that yeah. be? Something like that.
0: hmm. So um, I had some goals to save some money. I didn't I didn't hit those goals this year. I tried <clears throat> some things came up and, you know, like when things came up, we're in a really weird right economy right now. So that didn't happen. But my other goal was to read one book a month. Yes. Um. Or I think my goal was to read six books over the year. And you like doubled down on me. I was like, that's it?
1: Just yeah. One every other month.
0: Because before this year, I was not a reader. Right. I did not. I mean, I know how to read.
1: Y- y- you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so you were like, you had heard me, I guess, writing down my goals with this person I was mentoring. And you said, well, just why don't you read one book a month? Right. And I was like, that's impossible. But you crushed it, dude. You're on book seven by like March. I was reading three books a month.
1: Right. You slowed down towards the end of the year, right?
0: Very much so. I didn't read one book in November or December.
1: But you still get your 12
0: in, right? Oh, easily. I read 12 books within three months.
1: Right. Now, um, Spider-Man and Wolverine. No, no, and... no, no, nothing uh, like that. Okay.
0: Um, I I am not yet, okay, the guys, I'm new to this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not yet um, reading, I, I guess that would be like leisure reading, like fantasy reading. Like for me. fiction? I'm not reading fiction books.
1: I got one for you that you would like.
0: And i'm I'm happy to hear it but I did read a lot of stuff I wanted to become I wanted to be a better man at, at right. the end of the year
1: this wasn't just about reading books this was no I'm got on other like, goals I, yeah, attached to this absolutely you've actually been this whole year on that kind of journey of stepping your game up being a better man being a better husband um,
0: yeah I'm trying and and it, so going back to the, the the big question of all of this i think it's very important to set goals I think without a target or something to put your sight on mm-hmm. i think you're just wandering aimlessly you know sure i wanted to be a better guitar player this year so i, I spent a lot of time playing guitar i'd be in between meetings like I, a lot of the work i do is remote and i'd be in between calls and stuff and i would keep my guitar just on my lap i'd work on my computer and if i had five minutes in between a meeting i would try to practice a scale or learn a thing or, or whatever um so i was setting these goals and, and i think you have to set goals that are attainable, realistic, attainable goals. And there's some that you have to set that are with God's help type of thing,
1: I think. So, um, you read how many books last year?
0: Over over 12, uh, maybe 15.
1: Okay. So, I asked 18. if you could um, put together a top five um, list of books that you read last year. Yes. And so here we go. We're going to do AG's top 5 books that he read in 2022. AG's top 5 books
0: 2022. So coming at number 5, a lot of people may have read this book before. This book is not a new book. But coming at number 5 is 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. Um, a friend of mine um, on our worship band he found out that I was reading books and stuff like that. And he said, Hey, I got you this book. I think you'll really enjoy it. Thank you, Rory, for the book. Um, I really, I learned a lot out of that book. Um, I wanted to become a better leader this year. I wanted to become a better husband, a better friend, all this stuff. And um, this is just one of those books that is like, I I guess, foundational that you would just need, like, dude, show up on time, (laughs) be a man of your word, those types of things. But, um, there's biblical principle behind all of it. These lessons and stuff like that. So that was my number five.
1: Yeah, I read that one when I was um, in ministry school, and it's it's awesome. It's a great book. Yeah, highly recommended. It. It's one that it's one of those books everybody, every leader especially, should read. Yeah. Um, and it's funny how like when you read a book, you're all into it, and then years go by, and you know it seems like each book has a principle or two I really remember. Mm-hmm. you know, that I, that I read. Right. And for me, uh, law, of the lid yep. was, was one of the big, there's 21 laws and that's mm-hmm. one of the laws, the law of the lid. And I'll never forget that, that teaching in that chapter. That's a great, great, yeah. book, great chapter. I think that's,
0: um, one of those books that will be on the shelf. That is a reference. Yes. Like, man, I need to crack this open see what I highlighted. Mm-hmm. Take a, a look through it again. Coming in at number four, a book by Todd Henry called herding tigers. This is a book on, um, how to lead creatives. And so I work in the creative industry for churches and stuff like that with creative people and you of all people would know as a creative yourself and someone who leads creatives, um, creative people are, can be very sensitive with their work. Um, a lot of their identity is woven into the stuff they make and so, um, learning how to lead creatives well? Learning how creatives think. Um, I don't know. It's just it was an interesting read. A, a great a great read on um, learning how to lead in the sense of like early in my career, I was just a, I was a producer. I was a maker. You tell me to hey, make this thing, and I would just make it. N- now I'm in the stage where I'm having to um, direct more or manage people more and say like. I need you to make this mm-hmm. and giving the right direction or knowing other people's maybe deficiencies or strengths and noticing that early on and setting people up for a win better. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you can produce the best work and um, be energized when they're coming with creative ideas and stuff like that. So that's... Who um, who recommended that book to you? Um, my, my boss, <clears throat> she said, I'm reading this book. I think you might like it. So I was like, okay, I've read a Todd Henry book before. Um, it was called Die Empty, another mm-hmm. creative book, uh, a great read. I read that book this year also. Um, this one's a little bit more practical.
1: And so, so give me one takeaway from this book. What is one thing? Maybe you mentioned it already, but is there one thing that really stuck with you? Yeah, this it's book?
0: yeah, it's just learning the. I guess being prepared when you are helping others. Um, To to deliver a product or getting them excited about something that's happening or there's just there was all these little nuggets and I if you open that book you'll just see like highlighter after highlighter because there's like these little nuanced things but um, there was this one portion in the book where it talks about uh, the type of person that you are and I was reading it and I happen to be one of these people that's called a scorpion that will um, if not channeled correctly could really mess up a team. Mm. So if, if, if you can get me to, to buy into whatever the big picture is early on, I will influence everyone around. But if I'm late to the game or I'm late to the party, I could really destroy it. Right. And, and I was like, dang, dude, if if I learned earlier on that there was these different types of people and knowing how to pick up on those things and help those ones that need early buy-in those ones that are really energized, but have no maybe concept or idea how to complete something. There's like all these different scenarios and stuff like that. Um, so for me, it's just learning that those types of things, learning about myself right.
1: specifically. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I believe that there are few groups in an organization uh, that can do more ham- more more damage or bring more success to your organization than a, a group of creatives. And I think one of the keys for any leader, uh, CEO, business owner, pastor, whatever, uh, you've got to figure out how to lead them. Mm -hmm. And so, would that book work for like a CEO or a business leader to help them understand? Absolutely. Because a lot of people think with creatives, it's like, all right, here is my idea. Now, go be creative. Where creatives, from what I have learned... They, you, you like parameters, like yes. you like guidelines, you just like, like
0: restraints are good.
1: Restraints are good. A lot of people don't realize that they think creatives just want to be creative, but they don't want that might work for maybe someone that's brand new to doing things right. but like, for someone that's seasoned like, man, I, you've told me before, like you, you want to bring my vision to life for sure. So in order to do that, I have to give you parameters. Yes. And now you like deadlines and yep. all that stuff. And, okay. Yeah.
0: There's a lot to be learned from that. Book coming in at number four. Coming in at number three, um, a book by John Eldridge called Fathered by God. This is the deep dive from his um, earlier book called Wild at Heart. And man, this book really just unpacked what it is to be a man um, and helped me to navigate some areas where I may have felt robbed or may have skipped over some seasons of my life due to my upbringing. And we've talked about that in episode three, our, the epi- the dad episode. Um, but just learning, um, I guess, what, how God intends for us to lead our families and our peers and stuff like that, and his intention for each stage of life for us, right? So um, all of our men, that are out there listening this is a great read it's an easy read i think it's six chapters six or seven chapters you could read this book in four days
1: it's like one of those hundred page or less deals or
0: yeah something like that but it's an easy read the way he writes is super yeah just really really easy read so fathered by god it's a great
1: yeah i'll never forget reading wild at heart the first time i mean it just it ignited me yep if you've never any guys have never read wild at heart that's a that's a must read um so many men in the church and, and even just in our culture are just so domesticated yep you know and and we weren't we weren't born to be domesticated we were born to have a wildness about us in mm-hmm. our hearts and adventure and calling and mission and purpose and uh, life isn't just about you know minding our manners and um you know raising a family I mean there's I don't know I, I I've talked before about to people before what one of the great so many people Um, they think life stops being about them when they have kids, right? And life is about their children. But if all you're doing is teaching your kids about greatness, instead of showing them greatness, if all you're doing is teaching your kids about taking a risk, instead of taking a risk, um, kids that see their parents have their own goals and their own careers and their own mission, obviously in balance, because you still got to be there for your kids. Uh, those are the, those are the kids that seem to do best in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: coming in at number two, this book changed the way I communicate with God. Mm. Changed the way I communicate with wow. God. Uh, this is a book by Craig Groschel called "Dangerous Prayers." You guys, r- read this book Go on Amazon. I think it's eleven ninety nine. Dangerous prayers. I was praying for a good portion of my life. Safe prayers. Right. A, an example of a safe prayer is something that maybe you can probably answer yourself. Right. Wow. God help me to, um, I don't know. What would be an example of this? I'm, I'm trying to think it's, it's something that's attainable for you. Right. God, like I really just help me to be better, more wise with my money and my spending. Right. Okay, okay cool. A, an example of a dangerous prayer is God help me to see the burden for my city and and may the hearts of everybody in my in my city, may they long for you. And I and I God, I pray that your church would grow, not just my church personally, but that every church in my neighborhood, their attendance would go up because people's hunger for the gospel right. and the truth. Like, you see the difference there? It's like, man, this this prayer can't be answered without
1: without God intervening. With, yeah. yeah. It reminds me a little bit of like when you read your Bible and you, you soap it, S-O-A-P, mm-hmm. you know, that was that scripture observation. So I'm reading this now I'm observing this. Right. Um, S-O-A, A is the application, application applicable. Um, that's how does this now, how does this apply to me? Mm-hmm. And then P is the, is that practical? No prayer. Prayer. So you pray about yep. it. Right. So it, it, it really helps you go through, um, the scripture and not just read it. Oh, that's nice. But like, now how does this, what have I, what did I observe, mm-hmm. and, and and now how do I apply this in my life? Right, right, and then and and then let's pray about this, right? So that that to me sounds like that could become dangerous, so to speak, right. in the way you're reading your scripture, you know. Because yes. anyway, yeah. So I
0: would find myself like if in a prayer, in my own prayer time, or even just like when we pray as a team here on Fridays, and I'm thinking, man, these prayers aren't dangerous enough. Right, I'm not like. We, I have the creator of the universe on speed dial and I'm, I'm asking for these rinky dink things or believe in God to do something that's so easy for him. You know what I mean? And so, um, it's a great read. You guys, dangerous prayers by Craig Groeschel coming in at number one. This is the reason why this book comes in at number one for me is because I really am really trying to be a, a great father to my daughters. I have three girls. And uh, this book is by Dr. Meg Meeker. It's called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. You actually recommended this book to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll read this. Wow. What? The, the author of this book, her and her husband are both doctors. She's a pediatrics doctor. Her dad was like a psychologist. Her husband is a medical doctor also. And she writes... To the father, us, the Mm -hmm. male, right, in such a non-guessing type of way. There's no like, oh, let me read into this. She's saying, dad, your daughter is looking to you for this, this, and this. So step up in this, this, and this area. She
1: spells it out for you. (laughs) It's just like, thank
0: you for like, it's not just like a hypothetical. She's like, no, like your daughter wants to have a relationship with God, but she will, she's going to do better if you are on that journey with her. Mm-hmm. So, instead of saying, like, just taking her to youth group, be like, why don't you read your Bible with her? Right. right. Like, why don't you guys talk about your your personal personal relationship with God so that—she was saying, like, um, children, not just girls, but children who grow up with a foundation in faith, statistically, like, scientifically proven, they do better in life than kids that grow up atheist or agnostic.
1: Mm. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense because there's so many biblical principles right. about finances and relationships. So and, much. You know, I mean, if you just, if you learn to apply that stuff at a young age and you carry that into your adulthood. Right. You know, character and integrity. All the stuff.
0: And, she was saying that Dr. Meg Meeker was also saying like, um, your daughter is formulating the man that she will marry based on your relationship with
1: her. So my daughter has already told me she will not marry a Cowboys fan. She Look, she's like okay. She's like only like one in thirty two guys have a chance because she's looking for an Eagles fan. Okay,
0: and so she also is probably going to want to marry a man like you who can cook well, maybe who has strong a strong character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all these things are like they're playing into into all these things. I the way that I discipline my girls now is much different. Each one of them, you know, like. Um, when I would send my girls to timeout, if they did something that was needing timeout, instead of me um, sending them away and then walking away from them, a lot of times I will I will stand with them. Mm. I'll stay by their side when they're in their right. cool down time just because I don't want them to associate poor behavior or whatever with a man abandoning them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
1: It's so many things we don't think about. It's so, bro, my
0: mind was like, oh, Like, um, we stopped doing papau in my house. Papau is like a spanking. Right. We don't do papau anymore because um, I, this is just a personal thing for me. Right. I think spanking is fine for your children. Right. Like, like whatever. But for me personally, I, I just, there was something about laying my hands or a spoon on my, my daughters. I was like, I just, this yeah. is not it for me. Right. And so um, we discipline different now. Like, right. And and so there's just all these little nuances. And as you read this, you can a- apply whatever you want. If you applied 1% of this book, you're going to be a better dad to your daughters. Right. In my opinion. Um, but these are just the top five books. I read many books. Um, I learned a lot this year. This was a very great year for me personally.
1: Now, are you going to try to read 12 books again this year?
0: Um I, I would like to. Yeah. I, I really would. I think I, I think I am a better person because of it. I think I learned so much. So set the goal now, right? Yeah, we might as well. Right. Yeah.
1: This is the first book I'm going to read real fast. Let me scoot over.
0: I, I was looking at your desk the other day and uh, I noticed this and I said, I, I think I'm going to jack this book from you when you're finished.
1: Yeah. Let me read it first and then I'll let you have it. Um, this has come highly rec- recommended to me from my friend uh, Guillermo up there in Northern Virginia. Wait a
0: second. Guillermo was the one who recommended Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters to you. Yes. He gave you that book.
1: Guillermo's a reader. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then my wife, Stacy, has uh, read this book. Matter of fact, I don't remember this. My memory's getting so bad. Stacy actually recommended this book to me like a year ago. Okay. And we had this in our house. I didn't know we had it. Okay. Um, but it's called Atomic Habits. Um, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. It's a New York Times bestseller uh, by James Clear. Okay. Um, so, I imagine he spells everything out just like your other author. Like he you better. <laughs> um, but what's funny is I went to Amazon and ordered this book. It came in and Stacey's like, why did you order this book? We already have it. Okay. So, Amazon got that book back. Um, but this will be my first read. I'm going to probably start it today. Okay. i so get a, a head start on the new year. Um, but this is that. that this, it's an old concept, um, but I think it's always good to go back to. And you even mentioned it a little bit. Um, but that making little changes, what little changes can we make that, mm. ha- that have big effects? For sure. So, Atomic Habits, James Clear, that will be my first read. Sounds like it'll be one of your first reads. Yeah. Maybe we can do a little... um A book study. A, or no. like a book club. No. Swap? No. But we're both done reading it, and like a review. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll, like maybe we'll do a little Atomic Habits, things we learned from this book, maybe in February sometime, Okay. March, whatever. Maybe some of our listeners
0: out there are saying... And maybe they know me. Wow, Anthony, how did you have time to read all those books? I, I made time. Yeah. <laughs> you make time for the things that are important to you. And so I would, um, I would come to work a little bit earlier, drop my kids off at school. I would get here to the office, 8.15-ish, and I would read for 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Uninterrupted time.
1: Right. Nobody's here at that time.
0: And I would just crush reading
1: books. Goals and resolutions. I definitely suggest people do them. I set, you know, financial goals for myself. I set financial goals for the church every year, um, and do what I can. You know, obviously, with finances, it's kind of a weird deal. You know, personal finances again. You know, you get some big automobile thing going on or whatever, right. and there goes the savings goal you had. Um, but uh, same thing with church. You know, it's hard to set financial goals for church because we're just at the mercy of. God sending his rain and mm-hmm. sending people and using people to to bless the church. It's not like owning a restaurant where we can just make better food right. and do better marketing um, with the church. I mean, there's only so much you can do where God's got to meet you there, but right. I still set goals anyway. I set goals on um, things I want to do for different departments in the church, um, uh, salaries I like to pay people, um, p- positions and staff i like to bring on. So, I have all that, um, all the financial things. Um, but then there's like, There's also a resolution, right? I think a resolution is different from a goal. Okay. And I used to set resolutions. I actually haven't set a resolution in a while. But I did set a resolution that was life-changing for me. Probably 10 years ago, 12 years ago. You you think you know where I'm going with this? Maybe. Um, I was known as a very competitive person to the point where it was unhealthy. Yes, it was unbearable to be around you. <laughs> I don't know if I'd agree with that, but okay. many people would. So maybe it's true. Um, but I just, I wanted to win. I, th- I thought playing games was about winning. Right. Play, to me, like, hey, let's all play a game. That's not, oh, let's have fun. That's like, oh, how can I dominate and conquer? Right. So um, I I had a bad night. One night um, was with Stacy, And at the time we were youth pastors and we had some youth staff with us and um, they wanted to play the game spoons okay um for those that are unfamiliar with this this is a card game that basically when you go out everybody has to grab a spoon it's like musical, musical chairs type deal uh, where there's one less spoon each round well per person that's on the table right. so if there's six people there's five spoons there so when someone goes out everybody grabs a spoon whoever doesn't grab a spoon uh is out right um, i don't like being out i don't that's boring what am i gonna go sit down um, this, this was even before phones were a thing. I didn't even have a phone. So if I would have been out, I would have just sat there, right? Read somebody's old newspaper. So we're playing spoons and I'm crushing my opponents, right? I mean, seven people, six people, five. And then it's just me, Stacy, and this other youth staff. Oh, um, no. I'm fem- so sorry. Female. Um, and so someone goes out and we both grab the spoon, the same spoon oh, no. at the same time. Now... I've got what would you call it the head of the spoon, the sippy part. Yeah, the sippy part. I've got that and more. And she's got just a little piece at the end. Now, a gentleman would have been like, oh, here you go. Right. Or, hey, you know, maybe I've got more than you do. And but no, we both grabbed it. And I said, all right, I got it. And she's like, no, I've got it. And I said, no, I've got look, I've got almost the entire spoon in my hand. And she said, I got it. And she got like all kind of aggressive. And I said, no, I got it. And I did this like ninja swap thing. Oh, no. Where I did like a little wrist break. Um, and and, and it, of course, her hand went flying off the spoon. Um, <laughs> oh, no. And she's like, Pastor Kevin, you hurt me. My hand hurt. My wrist hurts. And I was like, I felt so bad. Yikes. And it was that year. Going into the new year, because I was always the guy that like when someone would present a game to me, I, w- I would always say, oh, that's nice. But what if we did this? And we would I would always change yeah. the rules some. Um, so it wasn't just competitive, but it was also I thought I knew how to play games better, even if I'd never played them before. Just petty, arrogant type stuff. Right. Right. So I went into that new year and I said, you know what? I am not going to be that guy anymore.
0: You have done a tremendous job. Thank you. Dude, Honest- it's been over a decade. Honestly. Right. It is, it is different. Playing games with you. Yes. Um, there are still times where you have a flare up.
1: As it's like gout.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say overall,
1: right? I think you are a
0: changed man because of that decision. Because you remember.
1: Yeah, that yeah. was. You know, you talk about you've become a better man this year. I've been working on myself for um for twenty years or so now, thirty years. I don't know. Um, trying to get better. I'm just I'm a little slow at it. Um, but. You know, we have this lady, Ashley, that came and served with us in the kitchen. Yes. I had a very bad kitchen moment years ago. You were again, telling me this. As a youth pastor. Uh, and I was probably, you know, 32, maybe. Okay. Um, and I was making um, my uh, my meatball uh, and sausage dip uh, dish that I make with the homemade sauce and everything. It's a, it's a good deal. It's a good dish. And I had a lady helping me in the kitchen. And um, she just wasn't doing things the way that I would do them, and so apparently, I don't really remember, um, but everybody still talks about it to this day. Um, I treated her poorly in the kitchen. Oh no! Probably said something along the lines of "What's the matter with you? Have you ever cooked before?" I don't, I don't oh, know what it was. No. But she was like destroying my sausages, right? So. And Stacey pulled me aside, <laughs> which seems to happen. As she does. Yes. You have a lot of um, yeah, sideline talk with her. I have a good wife. Yeah. You know what? She really is like a coach, like an NFL yeah, coach. She's like, so, hey, can't yeah, she brings she me thinks, in. She takes a tea. Calls time out. Yep. I, I go over to the sideline. And she's like, hey, listen, man. Boom, boom, and now we're going to call this play. <laughs> yeah. She grabs you by the mask. Right. And really yeah, shakes you can your do it. Right. <laughs> um, so, so I, again, I've been really working on myself. I think I've become a pretty decent Person over the years, it's taken me so many years to get You're there. You're definitely improving. You're not deproving, right? Whatever, regressing is that regressing? Um, but last night we had this lady that started coming to our church. She's new. She's dope. I really like she's her. Cool. Her husband's really cool. Stephen, yeah. Stephen, and Ashley, and their kids, family. Man, I love them. Cool people. Really cool. They started coming the last couple months to the church, and so we're doing this 20s dinner, like I said earlier. And she's like, "Hey, I can cook, and I come help." And we're like, "Yeah." And so Stacy found out about this and was like, "Hey, I think it's great." <laughs> You're like, time out. Come over to the sideline. Yeah. I think it's great that you have Ashley coming over, but I'm, I'm just a little nervous. Okay? Don't tell her how to cook anything. Just let her do what she does. If she says she can cook, let her cook. If, she's, if her skills are not great and the foods are coming up, you know, just encourage her. Be nice. She was a little nervous, you know, that having Ashley in the kitchen.
0: I think because... Pastor Stacy knows how passionate you are right about this. If this was something that wasn't that whatever to you, I think that would have been a different situation. But she came in and I you know what, if you put yourself in her shoes, oh, I would have had a great time. No, but like think about this. <laughs> You're going to a to go cook at a at a place where the people who said that they're cooking the meal claim to be great cooks. I don't claim that. I just I claimed that for you. Okay, thank you. I didn't, it. I didn't
1: claim that for myself. I just said we're going to cook a home cooked meal. Right, for you.
0: but so she, so she's coming in. It's an away game for her. Yeah, she's using not her meal. knives, not, not her cans. Yep, yep. And she came in there. We had a great conversation. We did. I was watching her um, mm-hmm. make this the green beans. She made bacon. She did all this mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, okay, girl. Yeah. And then she was telling me her history and all yeah. this stuff. I was like. This is awesome. I'm super cool. I am so glad that she felt that she could approach. There was something in what you said when you were talking, right. talking about it that she said, you know what? I'm going to see if I can be a part of that. Yeah. I am so glad she had the confidence to do that because I think I made a new friend yesterday.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. No, it was awesome. And I, I enjoyed my time in the kitchen with her and with you. Uh, we threw it down, I think. I thought we put a nice meal together. Um, but I think it shows, again, how much I've grown through Absolutely. the years. I'm not bringing you into the kitchen to talk down to you. I'm not doing that. Not doing that. No. Now, my 20s and 30s. We were talking about this earlier. Yes. Like how so many times in your 20s, you just think you know everything. I was a freaking idiot, dude. Yeah. I was an idiot. Just thinking you know everything. So, I think I I have found that, and it's an old cliche, but I find it to be true. The older I get, the less I know.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm happy to learn something new. Mm -hmm. I look forward to it. I look forward to being... In a, in a space where I'm like, oh, man, I could pick something up new from there. That's cool.
1: Yeah, just trying to be more like Jesus, less like myself. Yep. Atomic Habits, James Clear. We'll be getting into this book. We'll dive in the next couple of months, and uh, we'll do a little book review on it. I have a feeling it's going to be a banger.
0: I mean, anytime it says New York Times bestselling
1: thing. It's... That's actually not true. You know that you can actually... Just it takes, takes 3,000 book sales a week. Oh, to get on there. So there are people that just purchased like, wow. whatever, fifteen thousand of their own books over I, four or five week time, and I put hate some, that. Yeah, but they get the claim, you know, because at that point would be a New York Times bestseller. Nice. So,
0: the older I get, the um, the more I enjoy getting socks and underwear at Christmas time. Also, really? Yeah, just um, Thank you, thank you for that.
1: Socks and underwear. Yeah, I'm not.
0: I'm not mad about it. You know, when you're younger, you get that for Christmas. You're like, why? Uh, Where's my toys? Where's the, like. I look forward to it. New sock, fresh socks, new underwear. Thank you. I'm not the type of guy who goes and buys new underwear for myself. No. No, I'm just like the ones I have are they're fine. Are holding up. Yeah. You know?
1: So I, I enjoy that. Hmm. Well, I think that's all we got. Is there anything else we need to get into? We got New Year's coming up. Today is Friday. Uh, new Year's Eve is tomorrow. You gonna stay up and watch the ball and all that, or
0: no? I think we're gonna uh, hang out with our neighbors. Okay. Uh, we had a th- we had apps and facts here. Mm-hmm. Remember, and I made these little taquito type things. They're like little. Oh yeah, little, like, those were good. And they, I showed them a picture of it before we came over. Right. And my neighbor requested, she said, like, "Could you could you please make those?" And really,
1: yeah, I was like, "Sure." So is this the neighbor? This is uh, Levi with all the edibles yeah. and yeah? He, when when does that come down? It's down. Really? Bro, it was down last night. I got home from the
0: cook at your house, and it was down. How's his lawn look? Uh, there's some really awful spots. <laughs> but he did a bunch of yard work. It looks nice. Yeah. It'll come back, hopefully.
1: Yeah, for those that forgot or didn't hear that episode, uh, Anthony's neighbor goes, like, full-on Clark Griswold with, yeah. like, inflatables. And it really is a sight to be seen. Right. He's got inflatables on his roof. I still don't understand how he attaches them. but He, he just knows. screws it right in. I feel like that's not the right thing to do. He either. just screws them right in. Yeah, man, that's crazy, but... Well, that's cool. So, you're going to make that for New Year's. Um, Yeah, well, we've got got pancake breakfast at our church the next day. Uh, We're we're giving pancakes and sausage away, and I've got a a little sermonette as we continue in our sermon series that we're doing. Uh, We are doing a five-month kind of deep dive into the chronological life of Christ called the Saga. So, that's been pretty cool. So, we got that coming Sunday. So, I will probably be a good pastor and be in bed at a decent time. So, yeah. Alrighty, well, with that said, uh, we will see you next week. Mm-hmm. Until then, adios con boyos. Adios con boyos. Now would you say that um when like
0: the like check engine like, comes out in your car, is that one of those things you like, like right now? No, no, not at all.